0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: This is Sand Talk, the Beach Soccer Podcast. With thanks to Beach Soccer Worldwide's partners, Puma, Iconic, Real Fever, United Nations Alliance for Civilizations, and Genius. Thank you all for believing in the sport. Welcome to Sand Talk, the Beach Soccer Podcasts, and we are going to review the summer of the three S's. That's sun sand and soccer from the west in Portugal to the east in Moldova and everything in between we've got it covered I'm Mark Pendergast sometime beach soccer commentator and as ever Matt is in Barcelona press officer extraordinaire and now influencer but more about that later how are you doing Matt? Hiya
0: Mark yeah well I am in Barcelona for now but haven't been very much recently at all as you can see it's non-stop in the world of beach soccer right now
1: it's been a huge summer, hasn't it? And it's it's kind of the, it's the awakening after COVID. Everything is back and the crowds are back. All big tournaments are back and there's some new ones as well. I, th- I think we almost have got a lucky dip here. Should we go with the Euro Winners' Cup first as we review the summer?
0: Yep, sounds like a good place to start. We had a big, well, I think it's fair to say a shock there, didn't we? Yes,
1: yeah, definitely so. I mean, the fact that Benfica won it after Braga dominating for for so long and and dominating the domestic league as well in Portugal. It was a a bit of a surprise, but when I look at it, and Portugal did play in the Mundialito against Japan, there was the second period of that game where the four outfield players were all Benfica players. So there is real quality there and it's it's great to see that two teams in Portugal are coming through and, and can dominate the European scene and it's not just Braga.
0: Yeah, it's very nice to see You've got obviously Bernardo Lopez Regular in the Portugal side And he was the top scorer in the Euro Winners' Cup in 2021 If you remember, Mark He's a top, top player Andrade in goal What a performance in the final
1: Yes, I mean, a uh, 43 as a goalkeeper That is is fantastic And he seems to be like Benjamin Button As time goes on, he get he gets younger and and better And he, he's one of the goalkeepers that I, I like Because he's particularly adapted his style to beach soccer you know completely because he played for Marseille in the Champions League back he was like their third choice keeper you know he, he was a big international footballer uh, in his previous life but what he does and what he, he, the way he's adapted to beach soccer and even the, the techniques he uses to deal with the ball when it comes in bouncing he sort of puts his hands on top and pushes it down into the sand and he's he's made it his own sport and he's adapted and been able to continue even at the ripe old age of forty-three,
0: yeah, definitely. And he's like, a, he's definitely kind of a veteran and a leader and a figurehead in that team. There's a lot of young players.
1: Yeah, and I think he's, you know, there's no sign of him retiring as yet. And and why should he? Because he is, he's still a, a top top keeper and still winning awards and, and still doing it for the national team when it really matters. The other thing about the Euro Winners Cup, I think we should, we must mention is of course the Danish team that did really well.
0: Yeah, Copenhagen went up against Braga, actually, the finalists, and they did really, really well. I think they took the lead initially and really well organised. But the thing I have to say with Copenhagen is they just don't seem to have that kind of... Maybe maybe experience is the word where they can just drive through and grind out a result because the same thing happened to Denmark in Moldova, which is very much the same players, but we'll come on to that later.
1: Yeah, it seems to be, but the fact that they're getting there now and you know, we have had performances in the club side as you mentioned, Copenhagen and Denmark, very similar in terms of their, their makeup of players. They've had two, you know, it's not just a one-off, it's the fact that they've mm. they now got a consistency and they seem to have really stepped up at a level, don't they, Denmark? And, you know, there's a certain influential players there like Kasper Dorf, who just seem to have taken it to the next level and provided that little bit of consistency and, you know, players that other clubs in Europe would, would easily take and, and use at the top level.
0: Definitely. And Axel Dam is obviously the other main star in that in that lineup. He's a fantastic number ten. Fantastic bicycle kick. Really impressed in the Spanish League. Then went on and impressed in the Baltic League and of course in the Euro Winners Cup. And remember there is a podcast with Captain Kasperdorf and Axel Dam, which I recorded at the Euro Winners watching one of the semi-finals, I think it was. So go back and listen to that. Really interesting insight on that Braga game and those other matches as well.
1: And we spoke about shocks in the Euro Winners' Cup, but I think the biggest shock of the summer, the performance in the Mundialito of the USA, where they beat former world champions Portugal 6-5, was, you know, it left me rubbing my eyes when I saw the score, and I I watched it actually in Portugal. I was on holiday at the time, and they had it on the main TV channels there, and even people in the bar I was in were saying, "Is, is that right? But what a performance by the USA.
0: Yeah, fantastic performance, and I wouldn't even—I mean, it is a shock. Yeah, of course, because Portugal, one of the top two teams in the world, you would argue. But USA have really been putting the hours in on the sand. Francis Farberoff there is very much—you know—a man on a mission to improve this USA team. Obviously, they had a good performance at the World Cup last time. Their road to the World Cup in Moscow last year was also very impressive and they just seem to be going from strength to strength and and obviously then you've got the women's who are doing just the same thing. Impressive stuff coming from the USA.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing they do lack in a Nick Pereira who we've spoken to many times, has said this, is they just lack the number of games that you get in, in Europe. And they, they go play in the Mundial Alito for example, and, and various other qualifying tournaments. And it, But, it, you know, the, the game time they get is probably about a third of a decent European side. You know, your Portugal's, your Italy's. So mm. they always struggle on that. But, you know, they have got individual players who are up there with the best of the European players. And I think beating Portugal really put them on the map. now little caveat on this one, we didn't have the Martins brothers and Jordan for for that particular game. But still, you would think Portugal would have enough to beat the USA. It was a fantastic performance and definitely the highlight of the Mundialito.
0: Congratulations to Spain, who, the men's at least, it was a very tight competition, but they did take the trophy in the end, and then the women as well. You always like to see, for the home crowds at least, the local side lifting the trophy for the award ceremony.
1: Yeah, and it was the first time for a while we've had a big international tournament in Spain. Gran Canaria was the host there, so Spain's performance in the Mundialito outstanding, and he carried that on in the first event of the Euro Beach Soccer League in Nazaré, which is fast becoming the spiritual home of beach soccer. They won it in the female, and then well, it's it's kind of a, a difficult one to explain this, Matt. So, being a simple yeah. man, I'll let you do it. Go. Okay yeah so the
0: the the, the structure of the uh, EBSL this year is just a little bit different so in Nazareth, we had the first stage and we we, only, we don't have any winners at the minute we just have leaders so Spain and Portugal lead the men's groups and the women in the women's groups Spain lead that one as well with Italy equal on points Italy can we just say debut performance in the EBSL it's just amazing the kind of quality that they're bringing to the sand already claudia saigon with that she scored two ridiculous goals mark i don't know if you saw them on i put them on instagram they are just crazy she's been on the scene for a while in the clubs but uh, i really think we can expect big things from the super final in yeah which is coming soon and of course they will all be there
1: I think Italy do it properly when it comes to beach soccer. They have a huge backroom staff for the male team. And obviously, that's now being passed over to the female team as well. So, you know, the fact they can jump from nothing to champions very quickly is no real surprise when you look at the backup from the Italian FA.
0: Yeah, definitely. A lot of media attention as well. It's always on Sky
1: there. You know, lots of journalists at the events. Great to see. And then we had the new look B Division competition, the EBSL in Moldova, which is a great thing because it sees four teams go up this season rather than one team going into a playoff against the bottom team in the A division. So it means there's a lot more to play for in these tournaments. Moldova, Turkey, Greece and Kazakhstan up. Greece, of course, and Turkey, former A division team, so they'll be very happy to get back in there. And Moldova, one of the few international teams with their own permanent stadium will now have that permanent stadium in the A Division. What was the general feeling on this competition, Matt, with the four up? Oh, well, there was a lot of excitement building up to it. A lot of tension.
0: Many, well, all the teams really wanted that ultimate prize, you know, and that stadium in Moldova is just incredible. Incredible facility to work at. Surprisingly hot in Moldova. I've been the last two years, and it's you know it gets to near forty degrees sometimes, which I'm sure didn't help the Nordic countries, which may have been a reason that Denmark didn't impress quite as much as they were they were expected to. At least I was expecting them to really push for promotion.
1: But when you're looking at the likes of Greece and Turkey, former A-division teams, and the, the the quality of player they have, I suppose with Denmark there is still that little bit to catch up.
0: Maybe, they've definitely got the stars, but yeah, like like you said, Greece were, were fantastic. Katsoulis finishing top scorer and scored some cracking goals. And Moldova, in that home stadium, with the home crowd behind them, they are just a, a team possessed.
1: Well, they've got the backup as well of the Moldova and FA. Obviously, they've built that stadium. and There's good backroom support and the same for Kazakhstan. I think that's knowing Denmark and knowing the support they get. I think that that is the difference, as we mentioned just before, with Italy. It is done properly. I mean, it's done properly in the back room. If you like, for want of a better phrase, then it's going to reflect on the sand. And across to North Africa, Casablanca, to a competition that featured all Arabic-speaking countries. And maybe a surprise in this tournament, with Egypt winning it, despite the fact the competition contained a team that had been to the World Cup on more than one occasion, the United Arab Emirates.
0: Yeah, 12th rated in the world. By far the top-rated team in Casablanca. And obviously under new management with Ramiro Amorelli, but they just seemed to struggle to find their feet. They were playing a very high line with the keeper spending a lot of time out of his area and they just got punished. And towards the end, they started playing much better. They won their last game against Morocco, which was an absolute thriller and got a little bit fiery. I have to say I was, I was there on the pitch at the end. But uh, yeah, really interesting teams, interesting event, lovely people. And congratulations to Egypt.
1: And well done as well to Rabi, Moroccan captain, who impressed as he finished top scorer and most valuable player. Domestically, back in Europe, we'll rattle through the teams that have won the various domestic titles. In Portugal, it was a close-run thing between Benfica and Braga. Went down to the wire. Braga came through in the end. In Germany, it was Dusseldorf winning the league there. In the inaugural Baltic League, which included Baltic states and Scandinavian teams, it was Verdes, Technica Awadi. Have I said that right, Matt?
0: Well, I'm going to have a go as well. I think it's Vidas Technica Erawadi, which sounds very Arabic, doesn't it, for, for the Baltic leagues? But there you go. Not one that has appeared in one of our competitions before. So congratulations to them.
1: In Spain, it was Levante in the male competition and Playas San Javier in a women's, who took the titles in the Iberian Peninsula. In Italy, Serie a was won by Pisa... And I think we should round this up by mentioning the African Cup of Nations qualifiers, Matt. Yep,
0: we're all getting ready for this one. It's going to be held in Mozambique later this year. So we've got Egypt, who obviously just won the Casablanca Cup. Madagascar, congratulations to them. Malawi on their first ever qualification. Mozambique, who qualified automatically as hosts. Morocco, who, I don't know if you saw this, Mark, there was a little bit of uh, confusion in their tie against Ivory Coast. And Ivory Coast ended up abandoning the pitch and we've just had a decision from CAF to say that it will be Morocco who go through in that case. Nigeria also through. Senegal cruise through, as they so often do. And then Uganda. A lot happening in Uganda at the minute, Mark. Lots of interesting beach soccer leagues going on there.
1: Yeah, I think the powerhouse is of course, Nigeria. Big beach soccer league there. Of course, they host the Copa Lagos each year, which brings in the best international team. So it will be interesting to see what happens, especially with Egypt when in Casablanca. That is a great preparation for them. So I think it'll be a pretty tight tournament across the board. So that is your summer rounded up. Big summer of beach soccer and a big summer for you, Matt, as well, because uh, you've written here on the show notes... Matt is now an influencer. Reels and TikTok numbers, okay? Tell us about this. Oh, peep behind the curtain
0: there. Yeah, I just needed to let you know, Mark. And uh, if you haven't seen it already, go and check out some of the reels and TikToks that have gone, I think it's fair to say viral. Give us some numbers, come on. Do you want some numbers? Well, there's one particular video of Edu Playing for Levante in the Euro Winners Cup, Uh he tries a chip, Uh and it's a goal or no goal kind of situation. Mark, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Filmed pitch side. I'll put you. But by yourself,
1: was it? Filmed by yourself? By myself. Yeah, yeah.
0: Spent a lot of time filming pitch side, and he tries to chip the keeper. And on Instagram, we got 37 million views, and on TikTok, (laughs) it got 23 million views. I think it's pinned on TikTok, so go and have a look if you haven't already. And then just some incredible numbers—several with three million, some more with five million—and yeah,
1: it's fair I to. Think, say, I think, uh, it's fair I think to I'm say, just
0: going to sell out and become an influencer, uh, Mark, big soccer influencer. I, I
1: think I think that's going to happen, and I look forward to your line of cosmetics that you're going to launch very soon on the back of your influencer program. Well done, Matt, and uh, I think you're kneeling down in the sand, pitch side. there is has definitely been worth it. You've had... That's
0: going to be my tag name, Sandy Knees.
1: <laughs> you've had virtually the population of Britain equivalent watching your TikTok. So congratulations on that, and I look forward to you leaving me behind just to do the podcast on my own. As you, Oh, never. As you launch into influencer stardom. So that's just about it for our review of the summer so far. And I'll let Matt give out the socials, as he is now an influencer. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, that's right, you can
0: follow us on at Beach Soccer Worldwide in most places, except on Twitter. Where it's at Beach underscore W-W.
1: We'll catch you next time. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network.